It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. All right. It's Mike again. It's for the truth. Men's attorney to find it. Found it in my Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm watching this. What a cult really is. Truth about cultism. <laughs> Look at these guys running around naked. Wanting to be witches. But... Oh, my gosh. Oh... Nothing, nothing really new. Seems to be where our whole struggle has to do with it's just that sorcery and witchcraft. Anyway, so I'll back into this uh, book from our uh, dissertation or from Gentry. What a name! Kind of pompous in itself, isn't it? The Gentry. One of the Gentries. Okay. A fine gentry he is. Uh, anyways, uh, Clement of Alexandria. The book is uh, before Jerusalem fell, and is presenting the argument that the Book of Revelation was written prior to seventy A.D. <clears throat> and so far, uh, if one does a little bit of research, one realizes that there's not much to support. A late date, that being, yeah, we hear all sorts of numbers, uh, 95 AD, 96 AD, 98 AD. And it, uh, I'm a Demetian, I guess, but. Now we're this Clement of Alexandria. Now, some people think that he was a pope, I guess. Uh, I got my. Uh, understanding from someone I talked to, they, they felt that he's one of the original popes. Maybe he was, who knows. Titus Flavius Clemens, A.D. 150-215, was a presbyter in the Church of Alexandria from about the A.D. 189 until his death. He possessed an eclectic richness of information derived from broad reading, and he is known as the father of Alexandria Christian philosophy. The way we're, this is uh, part five, or, or, or section five, page 84. Yeah, broad reading, and he is known for the father of Alexandrian Christian philosophy. <laughs> it's right there, isn't it? All that promising. Uh, Clement of Alexandria almost universally is cited by late-date advocates as supportive of their view. And the statement from Clement that 
is deemed useful is found in his Jose Salvas Davis, i.e., who is the rich man that shall be saved. Section 42. It's a quote here, and it and to give your confidence when you have thus truly repented that there remains for you a trustworthy hope of salvation. Here a story that is no mere, mere story, but a true account of John the Apostle that has been handed down and preserved in memory. And after the death of the tyrant, he removed from the isle of Patmos to uh, Ephesus. Ephesus, excuse me. He used uh, to journey by request to the neighboring districts of the Gentiles in some places to appoint bishops and in others to regulate whole churches and, uh, and others to sit some, among the clergy some one man it may be of those indicated by the Spirit. End of quote. The critical phrase here is, quote, after the death of the tyrant, he removed from the Isle of Patmos to Ephesus. End of quote. And uh, sounds like, to me, first glance, sounds like it's calling John the tyrant. <laughs> I mean, Greek, the Greek of that phrase is, oh boy, Greek, 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 okay, despite the widespread employment of Clement's statement in the debate, a close consideration of the comment lessens its usefulness as evident of the late date of Revelation. Furthermore, some quite logical or quaint logical considerations actually tilt the evidence from Clement in an early date direction, despite Clement's presumed role as a leading late date witness. Identifying the tyrant, <clears throat> it should be painfully obvious upon even a cure courtesy reading of the text that the required name, Domitian, is not once mentioned in this piece of evidence. An evidence that Sweet calls one of, quote, the chief authorities, end of quote. John is said to return from Patmos after the death of, quote, the tyrant, end of quote. But who was this, quote, tyrant, end of quote? May we cite Clement of Alexandria's nebulous statement as evidence for a late date with any credible degree of certainty or conviction, question mark. It is true that, quote, the abs absence of a name in both Clement or Origen certainly does not prove that no name was known to them, but the coincidence is curious and on the whole suggests that Alexandria's tradition assigned the stay of Patmos uh, to banishment by the emperor, but did not name the emperor. 
And as a matter of fact, Nero, above all other emperors, best meets up with the qualification of, quote, tyrant, end of quote. For several reasons, universal fear of Nero. First, even outside Christian circles, Nero's infamous evil was greatly feared. Uh, Pliny the Elder, a contemporary of Nero, who died in the eruption of Ves. Suvius in A.D. 79 described Nero as, quote, the destroyer of the human race, end of quote. Quote, the poison of the world, end of quote. A full quotation from Pliny is here given. Quote, Marcus Agrippa is said to have been born in this manner, i.e., breach position, almost the solitary instance of a successful career among all those so born, although he too is deemed to have paid the penalty which he irregularly his irregular birth foretold by a youth made unhappy by lameness, a lifetime passed amidst warfare and ever exposed to the approach of death by the misfortunes caused to the world by his prodigy protege, but not prodigy, protege, but especially due to his two daughters who became mothers of the emperors Gaius Caliglia and Domitius Nero. Two firebrands of mankind, Nero also, who was emperor shortly before and whose entire role showed him the enemy of mankind, end of quote. Apollonius of Tyana, uh, 4 BC, says that Nero was, quote, commonly called the tyrant, end of quote. You know what that means. Quote, uh, in my travels, which have been uh, wider than ever, men yet accomplished, I have seen many, many wild beasts of Arabia and India. But this beast is commonly called a tyrant. I know not how many heads it has, nor if it is if it be crooked of jaw, armed with horrible fangs. Da 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 and the wild beasts you cannot say that they were ever known to eat their own mothers, but Nero has gorged himself on this diet, end of quote. Roman historian Tacitus, A.D. 56 to 117, spoke of Nero's cruel nature uh, that, quote, put to death so many innocent men, end of quote. He records a Senate speech that discussed the wrongs of Tiberius and Gaius, noting that, quote, Nero arose more palatable and more cruel, end of quote, and that the Senate under Nero, quote, had been cut down, end of quote. Suetonius, A.D. 70-130, speaks of Nero's, quote, cruelty of disposition, end of quote, evidencing itself at an early age. He documents Nero's evil and states, quote, neither 
discrimination nor moderation were employed in putting to death whomsoever he pleased on any pretext whatever. And the quote. A juvenile, A.D., 60 to 138, speaks of, quote, Nero's cruel and bloody tyranny, end of quote. He laments Nero's heinous sexual exploits with handsome young men. Quote, no, no misshapen youth was ever unsexed by cruel tyrant in his castle. Never did Nero have a bandy-legged or scruffless favorite. Scruffless favorite, huh? Uh, or one that was humpbacked or pot-bellied. Uh, in the Syriatic, the history of John, the son of Zebedee, Nero is called, quote, the unclean and impure and wicked king, end of quote. Nero's notoriety was long remembered and with particular loathing. Surely this is why Clement could write merely, quote, the tyrant, end of quote, when he made reference to the emperor of the banishment. Furthermore, Nero was widely suspected of intentionally starting the fire, which began on July 19th, AD 64, that caused a horribly destructive burning of Rome. Pliny the Elder, in AD 23-79, Suetonius, the writer of Octavia, in AD 75, Dio Cassius, AD 150-235, allege his culpability in this regard, and Textus indicates the allegations were contemporary with the fire. Among the ancient pagan written traditions exhibiting a hatred and mockery of Nero are Octavia, Suetonius, Pliny the Younger, uh, AD 62 to 113. Juvenile, I believe the same juvenile that gave us uh, circus and bread. Um, that term, its meaning. Uh, Martial, was well, one of the Martial laws, anything to do with that? I don't know. Uh, AD 38 to 65 or 85. Uh, Statius, Statius. A.D. 40 to 96, Marcus Aurelius, uh, A.D. 120 to uh, 180, um, Elius Perseus Flaccus, A.D. 34 to 62, uh, Volcasius, 1st century, Epictetus, uh, Epictetus, Epictetus, I guess that's how it's Epictetus. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but it was as AD 60 to 140, Marcus and Nias Lucan, uh, AD 39 to 95, uh, Herodian, AD 165 to 235, the poet epigram by Marshall, written in the reign. 
Titus disparages Nero and extols Titus. Quote, here where the heavenly Colossus has a close view of the stars. High structures rise on the lofty road. They are once shown the hated hall of the cruel king. And one house took up the whole of Rome. Where here where here were rises the huge mass of the awesome amphitheater. In sight of all was Nero's pool, a proud park derived the poor of their houses, or deprived of the poor of their houses, excuse me, where the, the, the Claudian temple spreads its wide shade, stood the last part of the palace. Rome is returned to herself and under your rule, Caesar. The delights of their master have become those of the people. Thus, biblical scholar Morel C. Tenney speaks scathingly of the notorious evil of Nero. Quote, having exalted the imperial treasury, excuse me, having exhausted the imperial treasury by his heedless expenditures, he took, he looked for some method of replenishing it. Heavy taxation of the estates of childless couples, false accusations followed by confiscation of wealth, an outright murder of aristocracy, or else invitation to suicide made life unbearable. Wealthy men lived in dread of the emperor's displeasure, and so great was the terror that the senatorial class endured unimaginable insults and mistreatment as the price of staying alive. Men betrayed their best friends, perjured themselves, and stooped to any infamy to aver the emperor's hatred and culpability. Copidity. Okay. <clears throat> I'm sorry about that. My tongue won't work. Copidity. Hatred and copity. Uh, hatred historian uh, B.W. Henderson writes in a similar vein and adds regarding Nero's memories. Um, obviously, I'm much not, not too much fear what people think of me, I guess. Um, and now, i.e., uh, Vespasian's reign, culpability, culpability, That's driving me nuts. I can't say the word. My mouth will not move. Culpable, culpable, culpable. <laughs> Anyways, responsible is another word for it. <laughs> okay, and Vespasian's reign begins the systematic disparagement of Nero, which consciously or unconsciously colored the whole of our extent records uh, as has been already explained. The further to <clears throat> that the traveler receives 
the darker looks the air behind him and the historic mist has at once such obscuring and such magnifying power that the writers of Flavian's age devoted devoted little care to recovering the true outlines of Nero's portrait or considering the great background which lay behind his personal character and misdeeds. The dismal and prosaic tragedy called the called the Octavia, written in the early part of Vespasian's Principate, lacks all poetic merit and has the solidarity compensation one historic interest revealing to us how quickly Nero's character could be stereotyped as that of the blackest of all villains under the dynasty which had replaced the Julian otherwise the journalist of a law court could write a more moving tragedy Marsh uh, Marshall and uh, Statius, Statius, the, po, uh, the po, poets hurl at Nero's head their choices and most abusive epithets. Domitian could, in later years, be loaded with no greater reproach than that of being a second Nero, a quote bald-headed Nero, and a quote Marcus. Uh, Aurelius, 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 uh, used him as did Epictetus. <laughs> I said these names earlier, and I can't say Epictetus. Epictetus revealed as a type of, of the evil character, quote, to be violently drawn and moved by the lust and desires of the soul, unquote, said the philosopher King. Quote, it is proper to wild beasts and monsters such as uh, Phalaris and Nero's, Nero were, end quote, and the inferior scribblers of late gener- later generations who wrote the emperor's lives inscribed on the permanent back- blacklist of names of six emperors, Caliglia, Vitellius, Domitian, uh, Commodus, Commodus, Heliogablus, Heliogablus, and always Nero. One of the guys got to get some names that are, you could say, got these three, four syllable names. It's my tongue and my teeth, my mouth, everything's getting in the way. I can't, nothing's going to change. It's just going to get worse for me. So, <sighs> Nero uh, scholar Miriam T. Griffin speaks of Nero's tyrannical behavior thus, quote, commenting on the unanimity, 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 
Let me sit and drink some here. Commenting on the unanimity of opinion about the Emperor Nero that prevails among the ancient authorities. The historian Charles Maribel wrote, quote, with some allowance only for extravagance of coloring, we must accept in the main the the, the, the verisimilitude of this picture may have left us of this arch tyrant, the last and the most detestable of the Caesarian family. Nero was the first the princip to be declared a public enemy by the state. And isn't that interesting? The Neros of our day have decided to declare us the enemy of the state, the average person. <laughs> they must have learned a few things from Stalin and Mao and Nero and all the other ones in between. Hmm? Oh, yeah, Hitler, too. Yeah, sure. Hitler was just their boy. He just did what they wanted. In European literature, Nero has served as the stock example of unnatural cruelty, a metricide of Shakespeare's Hamlet, a fratricide and uh, Racine's Britannicus, the hero of Mark, Marcus de Sade, de, de Sade he uh, has uh, fascinated decadent writers as the incredible, incredible copator longing to overcome human limits through extremes of luxury, cruelty, and depravity. Certainly, no serious historian has been tempted with whitewashing the tyrant. Just imagine if Alistair Crowley had the opportunity that Tadiro had. <clears throat> or all the other, uh, uh, a Clinton or a, a Trump or a um, Obama. Bush or Reagan. Fear of Nero's return. Second, Nero was so dreaded by many that after his death there began circulating haunting rumors of his destructive return. In fact, quote, very soon after Nero's death, there grew up a curious legend which remains well nigh unique in history, the legend that Nero would return to Earth again and reign. <laughs> the Antichrist. Oh, imagine that. The rumors uh, can be found in writings of Tacitus, Suetonius, uh, Dio Cassius, Zonara, Neon, Chrysostom, uh, Augustine, and other ancient writers. 
the corpus of the Sibelian oracles, uh, Neuro appears as a constant threat to the world. Sibelian scholar J.J. Collins notes in this regard that, quote, there is the prominence of Nero as an eschological adversary throughout the Sibelian corpus. That was a quote. Let us take a few pages to demonstrate the uh, pervasiveness of Nero in these alleged prophecies of folklore quality. In the Jewish Sibelian oracles, written, quote, sometimes after, sometime after A.D. 70, in quotes, there is veiled reference to Nero that equates him with the dreaded Belier. Then Belier uh, will come from the Sebastianoi, i.e. the line of Augustus, and he will raise up the height of the mount of mountains, and he will raise up the sea, and great fiery sun and shining moon, and he will raise up the dead, and he will indeed also lead men astray, and he will he will lead astray. Many faithful chosen Hebrews and also other lawless men who have not yet listened to the word of God never said that quote another passage found from in the civilian oracle uh, for this maybe four uh, 115 through 124 I guess that'd be verses or are they pages I'm not quite sure because it'd be book four uh don't know much about it. So, teaches that Nero had fled Rome to Parthia, from whence he would come to terrify Rome. Two impostors claiming to be Nero are mentioned in profane history. One in AD 69, and the other 20 years later. Their attempts to deceive and to gain power required a pervasive belief in Nero's being alive and in hiding. Because that must have been book four. Okay, because here's book five. So, okay, so it's book four, uh, pages 114 to 115 to 124. So this is book five of Sibelian's article. It is also a Jewish composition written for the most part sometime after A.D. 80. In this book, quote, the evil of Nero has the same three dimensions as the evil of Rome. He is morally evil. He was responsible for the destruction of Jerusalem since the Jewish war began in his reign, and he claimed to be God. End of quote. Uh, four, there we read, this is back in book four, these. One who has 50 as an initial will be commander, a terrible snake breathing out grievous war, who one day will lay hands on his own family and slay them and throw everything into confusion. 
athlete, charioter, murderer, one who dares 10,000 things. He will also cut the mountain between two seas and defile it with gore. There's some more of that figurative language, huh? In the apocalyptic language. But even when he disappears, he will be destructive. Then he will return, declaring himself equal to God, but he will prove that he is not. Well, who would want to... Well, I don't know. Three princes after him will perish at each other's hand. End of quote. Later in the same book, I guess it's book four, uh, Nero returns to uh, Persia and his Nero's return from Persia is envisioned. He is called a savage-mind man, much bloodied, raving nonsense with a full host numerous of sand to bring destruction on you. Nero's flight to the east, in quotes, is recorded and he is called a terrible and shameless prince whom all mortals and noble men despise for he destroyed many men and laid hands on the womb. And there's that, that quote. He returned and his return is prophesied and he is called, quote, the impious king, end of quote. And this must be book five. The same, uh, the Sibelian oracles, right? Uh, later in book five, the return of mural is to be ter- uh, terribly dreaded, quote, there will come a pass, come to pass in the last time about the waning of the moon, a war which will throw the world into confusion and be deceptive and guile. A man who is a matricide is a matricide will come from the ends of the earth. More figurative speech. And this is the problem. We don't understand. We do not understand. <laughs> They have not taught the average person in Christianity today the language that they were using at the time. And because they have, that, they uh, can get suckered into so many different things. It's just not fair. And I find but either uh, the pastor, the uh, especially those the things coming out of Dallas and others, you know, they're, they're, they're not teaching... Proper exegesis and hermeneutics and, uh, and the figurative language that the, that the Jews and the Greeks and the Romans in that time period use, and it's not fair. It's easy for us this to be taken advantage of. Next thing you know, everyone's waiting for some second coming to come that's never going to come because it already came and went. And once again, just like the Jews in time of Jesus' day, when they were looking for their their king, they were expecting him to be a, a different person. 
they had wrong expectations of the Lord. We're not taught properly about Christ and his kingdom in heaven, his, his spiritual kingdom. And so, I see myself I'm slowly snapping out of this delusion, but I see a lot of my brothers in Christ, people I care about, genuinely, and I'm guilty in leading them on this way because I felt the same way too. But no one ever explained to me. No one ever said, Mike, listen, this is how the Bible is written. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that's more important than learning the Greek. Anyways. I mean, I'm not saying it's not important that there are men out there that are capable men and women to learn Greek to help translate to English for us, but I'm just saying, you know, if they're going to translate it into the uh, of this flowery language, figurative language, then they need to tell the laity. And the only thing I can say is, and I can think is that they didn't want to, because it serves the power structure, the ruling elite, whatever that may be, to benefit the most by having us, you know, bickering and fighting over foolishness and knowing full well that we we don't know, we don't understand, we have, the average Christian has not been taught um, proper hermeneutics and what style of writing we're reading from and uh, audience relevance. Who are they really writing to? And then helping to discipline our mind and understanding so that when we realize they're not actually talking to us, doesn't mean we can't benefit from it. We cannot see what they were going through in the first century. This is not, you know, can be learned from. We can be we can learn from it and for, take it for advantage to understand our world and move forward in a more pro- productive and positive way and direction. But that goes like, obviously, they don't want us to. They being, you know, Rome, um, ruling families of Western Europe and Eastern Europe, and other subordinates, and uh, and of course the Roman Catholic Church. But you know, the, the Vatican is just a, it's a political institution serving the ruling elite of Rome, up Western Europe. I mean, the ruling families are the ones that put their guys in it. And then their guy, the Pope, is the one who chooses your our president for the uh, District of Columbia. That's a corporation for the District of Columbia. So, I mean, I think it's important. I know a lot of people are going to not enjoy this and drive them away, but the truth is tedious. It's extremely tedious to get through. And I can't think anything more important in a man's life than understand if or when Christ returned and what that actually means. Because if we realize that there ain't going to be no second coming, and if you do see something that even looks like it, it's probably not going to be of God because Christ already did it. He fulfilled all things already. Now, we don't like the 
turn of events and how this world is and our expectations are not met. But I don't think Christ failed. I think we've just been, we failed to understand just as the Jews did when he was walking on the earth. This is what the problem is. is, is, is yeah. And then you, get, you know what? If you've got some charisma and a big mouth, uh, you can go a long way in being a pastor in these, these days. I mean, you can make three, you know, six figures. And you can convince yourself just like Hitler and his, you know, the SS and everyone else. And in fact, he, Wilson, Wilson and uh, the boys over here, that everyone else involved, that they were doing the right thing. You can convince yourself just about anything. Especially if you're getting positive feedback and reward from others, you'll justify an awful lot. I mean, there's a lot of people in this world that will shoot you in the head if they're told to by, quote-unquote, somebody who has a badge of authority and feel good in the morning and uh, and go to go to bed and sleep good at night. Not because... It's not simply just because they're evil, it's because uh, of what they've been taught, what's in between their ears. I mean, we all know the workplace, we've all been around uh, some pretty, pretty much just really crappy people. That, you know, the only reason we even put up with them is for a paycheck. We all know many a person that you you know you couldn't trust with a ten foot pole, you couldn't trust them with a hundred foot pole. Yet you had to work side beside these people. So I mean, the thing is, once again, we're you know, and this is from a different book using the same type of figurative language, and because um, no one no one believes that the waning of the moon and last and, and there will come a past in the last time. What does the what does that mean? The waning of the moon. But we're talking here about Nero. So it's maybe Nero's the one that's gonna come back. Maybe they're they're gonna animize animize them or <laughs> animation animize them. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but you know what I'm saying. Bring them back to life through whatever. But I I don't buy into that. I think it's just all just Foolish men leading foolish men. And because we all live in a, a very advanced prison with uh, never having the privilege of critically thinking for ourselves, very rare. I mean, think about it. If you're a husband, a mother, a wife, whatever, um, children, going to work every day, you don't even have the time to do this. So, you know, please share this with other people, not because I, I, I don't want anything from it. And I know that there's, some, there's a thousand other people that can do a better job reading this, and I hope that someone comes along and does that. But until then, enough of us have to get out there and present the message. And, you know, people say, well, we've got to change the world. Let them all go. Well, you know what? Most people who are worth their salt, are working. 
And then the only reason why I'm not working is because I'm got multiple sclerosis and raising a son by myself, and I'm just God put me in a position to do this. Anyway, so I'm going to keep reading. So I'm just shut up here. Okay, book five, the Sibelian Oracle, talking about Nero. He will destroy every land and conquer all and consider all things more wisely than all men. He will immediately seize the one because of whom he himself perished. He will destroy many men and great rulers. He will set fire to all men as no one else ever did. Through zeal he will raise up those who were crouched in fear. There will come upon men a great war from the west. Blood will flow to the band of deep eddying river. Wrath will drip in the plains of Macedonia and alliance to people from the west, but destruction for the king. Let's get this. Looks like book four or five. Uh, the Sibelian, 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 Sibelian Oracles. Okay. Clement of Alexander still. A book eight of the Sibelian Oracles was probably written by a Jew sometime before A.D. 180 during the reign of Marcus Aurelius, over a century after Nero's death. Yet the Nero uh, Red Div myth is still held as is evidence of book 8 of the Sibelian Oracle pages 50 to 72 uh, pages 139 to 59 uh, pages 169 to 218 at um, Sibelian Oracle book 8 157 he is called quote the great beast in the and at Sibelian 8, 176, he is called the, quote, former wretched lord, end of quote. Uh, Sibelian Oracles, uh, book 12, apparently was written around A.D. 235 by a Jew. Interestingly, in book 12, quote, the Sibyl gives negative accounts of emperors who were widely unpopular, Caliglius. VSS 57 through, looks like Versus or something like that. Uh, I don't know what that VSS stands for. What does VSS stand for? VSS. I don't know if I'll be able to find it. Shadow copy, also known as volume snapshot. Service volume shadow copy service. Veneris Solar Stevens. <laughs> That's not it. Whatever it is. I'm not sure what that is all about. Anyways. <clears throat> A lot of things to learn. You're always learning. You know what? The more I learn, the more I realize how stupid I am, and it's just uh, disturbing. So, interestingly, on Book Twelve, uh, Sibyl makes uh, I guess negative accounts of emperors who were widely unpopular. Caligula's 
PSS 58 to 67, Nero, PSS uh, 78 to 94, Nerva, PSS uh, 1482 to 46, Commodus, <laughs> this must got the commode from, uh, PSS uh, uh, 206 to 228, Septimus, Severus, VSS uh, 256 to 268. The general asked altitude attitude to the emperors, however, is favorable. Praise is lavished on Augustus, VSS 12 to 35, Domitian, uh, uh, VSS uh, 24 to 38, Hadrian, VSS uh, 163 to 175, Marcus Alurius, BSS 187 to 205, um, book 5. In the book of, uh, in this book, <clears throat> Nero is called the terrible and the frightful, a terrible snake, uh, one engaged in, quote, making himself equal to God, in the quote. <laughs> Collins notes the Jewish civilian oracles, Book 13, that its date is 265, it is written by written to the decline of Nero legend. Instead of actually expecting Nero himself, a traitor modeled after the Nero legend will come. It took two centuries for Nero's legend to begin to decline. So dreadful an impact did Nero make on history. In um, Sibylian Oracle 8, 70-90, he is envisioned as rising from the dead to destroy Rome and the world. Nero and the first imperial protector. <clears throat> Third, for Christians, he was especially a dreadful emperor. The Roman historian Tacitus wrote of his uh, persecution, which was not only the first, but one of the cruelest in Roman's gory history, that Nero, quote, inflicted unheard of punishments on those who, detested from their abominable crimes, were vulgarly called Christians. E.E.E., so those who first confessed were hurried to trial, and then... On um, their showing, an immense number were involved in the uh, same fate. Clement of Rome, first century, speaks of Nero's persecution as one that claimed, quote, a vast multitude of the nation, of the elect, excuse me, dot, 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 through many indignities and tortures. In the mid-second century, Christian uh, pseudo-epigraphic work, uh, um, ascension of Isaiah, quote, foretells, and a quote, Belair's reign, i.e., Nero, quote, Belair shall descend, dot, 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 in the form of a man, a lawless king, a slayer of his mother, who, dot, 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 will persecute the plant which the twelve apostles of the beloved had planted. Dot, 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 he will act and speak in 
the name of the beloved and say, I am God, and before me there has been no one else. And all the people of the world will believe in him and will sacrifice to him. Tertullian, A.D., uh, 160-220, heaps disdain upon Nero. Quote, consult your histories. There you will find that Nero was the first uh, to rage with the imperial sword against this school and every hour of its rise in Rome. But we glory, nonetheless, and glory, to have had such a man to inaugurate our condemnation. One who knows Nero can understand that unless a thing or good, very good, it was not condemned by Nero. Eusebius, A.D., 260 to 340, echoes this hatred for Nero. Quote, when the rule of Nero was now gathering strength for, for unholy objects, he began to take up arms against the worship of God, of the universe. It is not part of the present work to describe his depravity. Many indeed have related his story in accurate narrative. From them, he who wishes can study the perversity of his denigrated, degenerate, excuse me, madness, which made him compass the unreasonable destruction of so many thousands until he reached that final guilt of sparing neither his nearness nor his dearest his nearest nor his dearest so that in various ways he did to death like alike his mother brother and brothers and sister brothers and wife excuse me with thousands of others attached to his family as though they were enemies and foes but with all this there was still lacking to him this that it should be attributed to him that he was the first emperor to po- to be pointed as a foe of the divine religion. Lactan- Lactantius, uh, C.A.D. 260-333, to speaks of Nero's demise as his persecution of Peter and Paul. Interestingly, he observes that Nero was a tyrant. Quote, he, is, he it was who first persecuted the servants of God. He crucified Peter and slew Paul, nor did he ex- escape with impunity. For God looked on this affliction of his people, and therefore this tyrant bereaved of authority and precipitated from the height of power, suddenly disappeared. Except for the memory of the masses of how evil it was, the worst person there to live. Uh, Sol Pixius Severus, A.D. 360-420, writes, As to Nero, I shall not say that he was the worst of kings, but that he was worthy, worthily held 
the basest of all men, even of wild beasts. It was he who first began a persecution, and I'm not sure, but he will be the last also to carry it on, if indeed we admit as many are inclined to believe that he will yet appear immediately before the coming of of the Antichrist. Da, da, da. I, consent, I content myself with the remark that he showed himself in every way most abominable and cruel. Da, da, da. He first attempted uh, to abolish the name of Christian in accordance with the fact that vices are always inimical to virtues and that all good men are ever regarded by the wicked as casting a reproach upon them. All right, I'm getting tired. Some heavy reading, that's for sure. Where are we at? That's a good place to start. More to read about Nero. So anyways, a lot of uh, compelling evidence is the, the little bits of writing that we have during that period, which in itself should be a red flag of what has happened to our history. If it even is our history. But the way the evidence is mounting as we go along with this book that the bare minimum as Revelation was written prior to 70 AD, which didn't really brings to home that most of the New Testament when it comes to this apocalyptic language, whether it's a Matthew 24 or others, all the way into Revelation, is talking about 70 AD, that time period. And if that's the case, then Christ did come, and then we got to have to figure it out what he meant when he was, when he was coming back. And not to be like the Jews in the time of Christ having wrong expectations of who our Lord is and what he expects of us. It's heavy stuff and it really needs to be dealt with and uh, but while I'm doing that and making these recordings then there's the other side of things. 300 years. A 300 year period. What was going on? All right. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.